Welcome to Prima's podcast. My name is Shonda Ragland. I manage the education and training programs at the Public Risk Management Association. Today, Matt McDonald will discuss strengthening your fleet risk management program. Matt is risk control manager at Safety National, where he is responsible for managing risk control functions and coordinating risk control service for policyholders. Matt is a graduate of the University of Central Missouri with a bachelor's degree in safety management. Matt has earned his certified safety professional designation. He is a registered safety consultant in the state of Missouri, a registered loss control consultant in the state of Texas, and an approved field safety representative in the state of Arkansas. He is also a member of the American Society of Safety Engineers. We will also be joined by Danica Williams, a member of Prima's education and training team. Danica will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the show. Matt, what is the biggest misconception when it comes to fleet safety programs? Yeah, the biggest misconception that I have run across is that people, both employers and employees, think of fleet safety programs as the way to protect their vehicles. And while this is certainly part of the equation, it's not necessarily the entire picture. Let me run a scenario by you real quick. In this instance, Bill is driving a company-owned auto, gets distracted, and wrecks it, or what's worse, he runs into another vehicle. There are no injuries, but we still have to fix the autos. And this is what many of us commonly associate with fleet safety, is that physical damage to the autos. But the truth is, there is so much more. In the next scenario, let's say Bill is driving a company auto, he gets distracted, and runs into another vehicle, except this time he is hurt. Now we have two wrecked autos and employee injury to deal with. And in the last scenario, let's say Bill is driving a company auto and there's a coworker in the vehicle with him. In this scenario, he runs into another vehicle that also has multiple passengers in it. There's damage to both autos, our driver and coworker were injured, and there were injuries to multiple people in the vehicles as well. This is entirely in the realm of possibility for an auto collision and is not uncommon. While physical damage to your car is certainly a concern, you can see there are many other ways an auto incident can negatively impact your organization. In the last scenario, we are dealing with physical damage to multiple automobiles, injuries to your employees, civilians, and there may also be a public relations hit as well. As we know in in the public entity world, many of our vehicles carry our organization's name on them. So as passerbys, as people go by and they see an incident, they see a wreck out on the road, they're going to see your logo, and then you do kind of take on a a PR hit, you know, and, and it makes it into the news and things of that nature. So we have to be cognizant of that as well. So going back to what I said earlier, The biggest misconception I have seen about fleet safety is that it protects against automobile physical damage. But the truth is that it can have an impact in so many areas as well. With all the other lost sources in the workplace, such as falls, strains, pains, cuts, why should employers focus on fleet safety? This question plays a little into the whole misconception piece we just talked about. If you take a look at your loss runs, you will certainly see manual materially handling claims, which are your strains and sprains. You'll also see slips and falls, struck by incidents, and numerous other types of loss causes. Speaking from a frequency standpoint, these types of claims usually outnumber the motor vehicle incidents. This could be part of the reason we tend to navigate or gravitate towards them. Your motor vehicle incidents have the tendency to show up more on the severity side of losses. The Bureau of Labor Statistics reported that many roadway incidents were the number one cause of workplace fatalities in the United States in 2013. This was followed by workplace violence, slips and falls, and contacts with objects. In fact, roadway incidents have been the number one cause of workplace fatalities since 1992. And 1992 is coincidentally when the Bureau of Labor 
statistics started keeping track of this data. Based on the scenario provided to you in the first question, coupled with the fatality statistics, it's evident how much of an impact a single auto incident can have on your operations. After all, how many other loss sources that we mentioned earlier, the strains and sprains, the slips and falls, how many of those can you think of have the potential to affect so many different lines of business, being your GL, your workers' compensation, your auto liability, etc.? Auto claims your fleet safety program that have the capability to reach a lot of different exposures. We hope you're enjoying the podcast. I would like to take a moment and invite you to the 2016 Prima Institute, October 24th through 28th in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Here's some words from Prima Institute facilitator and task force chair, Marilyn Rivers, regarding Prima Institute. Prima Institute is about providing an experience of learning that people can take home. They can learn about how best to deal with a situation on their own terms. It's about taking away subject matter and then tailoring it to the individual environment. That's what makes Prima Institute. To learn more about Prima Institute, visit primacentral.org. Now back to Matt and Danica. So what are some of the significant components of a strong fleet safety program? Well, like any fleet, like any safety and health program, there are many things you can put into place. Every entity is a little different, so I encourage you to customize your program to fit your needs. Some of these elements include, and they're in no specific order here, the first piece would be a formal written program. You know, my philosophy is if it's not in writing, it does not exist. A written program enforces your commitment to safety and can also serve as a reference point and training guide for your employees. Make sure you have all of the components of your fleet program in place. This would include driver selection, rules and responsibilities behind the wheel, vehicle maintenance and inspections, seatbelt policy, cell phone slash technology usage and training, etc. You need to take a strong look at your driving exposures and try to address them through your written program. The next piece you can include is management commitment. If your frontline manager or supervisors are not on board with the program or fail to understand its importance, you will struggle to get your employee to fully embrace the program. To spend some time with your leadership and help them understand why this is important to the organization, just how much one motor vehicle incident can have an impact on so many different people. The next thing you want to consider in a strong fleet safety program is motor vehicle record checks. Motor vehicle record checks, or MVRs, should be run before the employee starts operating a company vehicle and regularly thereafter. How often you run MVRs is up to you. Many organizations choose to run an MVR on an annual basis, which is likely acceptable. However, I've seen some organizations run MVRs more often. This is usually done for high-volume, high-exposure drivers. Be sure to check with legal and HR before implementing any such program. Many states require employees give authorization to their current employer to obtain their MVRs. The next piece is that you'll want to have a criteria in place for those MVR checks. The criteria should be in place to qualify or disqualify drivers based on their MVRs. Your grading period should cover a various span of time. Generally, a three to five year loss history or three to five year MVR history will suffice, but I've heard of some organization going as far back as 10 years for major infractions. Once again, this is something you will want to discuss internally as everyone's needs are a little different. I've seen some organizations use a point system while others use a simple chart to determine driver acceptability. 
the grading criteria should help establish acceptable, borderline, and poor drivers based on their MVR history. You will also need to discuss what is considered major and minor violations. Examples of major violations could include DWIs, excessive speeding, reckless driving, things of that nature. The scale on your MVR criteria should be weighted that major infractions have much more severe consequences. Once you have the criteria lined out, make sure you inform your employees of the policy. When your employees understand they can lose their driving privileges and or job because of certain driving violations, they should be more apt to drive responsibly on work and personal time. This, in time, can help change their driving habits. And the last piece you want to consider in a strong fleet management program is training. Provide training to your employees. It's highly probable that many of your Training programs include safe lifting training, uh, training for slips and falls, maybe training for machine guarding, things of that nature. But a lot of us don't do training for our employees as far as driving goes because we rely on their previous experience or their personal lives to help navigate how they drive their vehicles for us. So that's why you need to implement in-house trainings. There are many ways you can provide training, and this could include hands-on training, whereas maybe you'll do a, a driver ride-along, or you'll have a, um, a, some. I've seen some organizations do like a, a, a driver rodeo, whereas they're on a, a specific course, and they're going through certain turns and certain driving scenarios. We've also seen video-based trainings, driver simulators, computer-based trainings, and I already mentioned supervisor ride-alongs as well. The point is you need to provide some sort of training that's of value to the employees but also helps them understand the overall significance that fleet safety can have on your day-to-day -day operations and also affect their daily lives. So how can entities ensure that employees adhere to written fleet safety policies? Well, this can be a tough issue to deal with because once they have left the facility, they are truly on their own to make their own decisions. To combat this, I've seen a lot of organizations start moving towards telematics, whereas they'll have GPS tracking. A lot of this tracking also includes hard braking, speeding, turning, you know, and, and really tracks where a lot of your drivers are at during the day and how they're doing on out there. I've also seen dash cam systems become more popular in recent years. And then some of our organizations I've dealt with have also started implementing the 1-800 driver programs. The drawback to all of these programs, while they can be helpful, is they, they could also be costly as well. So other entities have decided to try to keep it in-house and have supervisory staff do random driver training observations, whereas they follow employee and know their driving habits, or just complete a surprise ride-along. Ultimately, your leadership can have the major influence with this issue, which is why it's so important to get their buy-in and commitment. After all, what is important to my boss should be important to me. From there, make sure your employees know that they can lose their driving privileges or even their job based on poor MVR results. This should also help to deter at-risk behaviors when they're behind the wheel. Finally, Matt, what programs are out there to assist public entities with fleet safety programs? Sure, there's a lot of different resources that you can tap into to assist with your fleet safety programs. First, I'd say start with some of your insurance partners. This could be your insurance broker or it could be your carrier as well. Also, Prima could be a great resource to you as well. If your entity is part of an association or self-insured group, you may have options there as well. Many of these organizations have written materials, training programs, or even consultants that can come out to your site and assist you with various safety trainings, written policies, written programs, things of that nature. After that, there are various websites that can be of assistance as well. Recently, I'd conducted a distracted driving 
webinar and training for some of our clients. The National Safety Council has some really good information out there on distracted driving, on cell phone usage and technology policies, and things of that nature. All of these things that I mentioned can be a great resource to you, and you can certainly utilize them to help implement some of your fleet safety program. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks so much, Matt and Danica. Please visit the Prima website to listen to other Prima podcasts, join upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about additional Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have a wonderful day.